Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Uh, Yesterday we talked about being stronger together and the importance of community, the importance of connection. But today I want to talk about being equipped to go. And uh, I want to start in Matthew where it says, Go therefore... And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. There's a whole world out there. We need to hear more of these stories. It's been so great hearing different stories, and I wish we actually had time to hear everybody's story. Because everybody, everybody has got a story and your story might not be so cut and dried as some of the ones we've heard. And perhaps you're still on a journey. Perhaps you're still discovering who God is and who he is in, in, in your life and what that means. But what I know is, it's, is that God has said that there is a harvest. A harvest that's oh, waiting to be poured in. And his heart, his heart is for those who are walking in darkness, who do not yet know what it is to walk in the light. You know, we've been a church known for having lots and lots of conferences. That's been to equip and empower us, right? It's not just for entertainment. It's to equip and empower. And to be honest, I don't think we need another conference. Sorry, Gideon. (laughs) How many conferences do we need before we become activated? How many messages do we need to listen to before we step into what we've already received? Have you ever found yourself buying the same piece of clothing? (laughs) I've been guilty of this. Uh, You know... You can't find the thing, you know, your t- the, the white T-shirt, and so you go out and buy a new one, only to find that the other one's at the bottom of the laundry basket or <laughs> somewhere in the bottom of the wardrobe. Any of you done that? <clears throat> or perhaps a grocery item. You know, you haven't, you haven't done baking for a couple of months, and so you say, oh, I might need some baking powder. So you go out and buy another box of baking powder. You go home to the, to the pantry, and you find that there's already three in there. Oh, yeah, see, I'm not the only one. Oh, you know, and it can be a bit like that with our gifts. You know, if we're not using them, if we're not activating them, we forget that they're there. And we think, oh, we need to go and get a top up. We need to go out and buy some more. But we don't. It's actually there. It's actually there already for us to walk in and to be activated in. To learning to stand in the truths that we already know and hold true to. What does that mean? For some of us, we need to, you know, capture every thought that comes into our head. Our emotions lie to us, people. They lie to us. But when we learn to stand on the truth that God has spoken over our lives, there is amazing activation that happens in our life. 
And God's calling us to grow in Him and to grow up in Him. And as was, you know, our little skit last night, yes, I did stuff up last, whatever Sunday it was, you know, is that uh, growing up is mandatory, maturing is optional. Was the one I was looking for. Yay, I got it. But it's important for us to continue to grow because we need to develop and to become fathers and mothers in the faith. You know, we're not just staying here. We're continually growing. We're growing from glory to glory. We're growing up. We're maturing. We're looking for the ones around us who we can develop and nurture and uh, disciple. We need to be catching these in the net. And to Peter, it says, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. So he has placed in us the capacity to partner with his heart. Tell your neighbor. He has placed in you the capacity to walk in his divine nature. Tell your neighbor. See, the thing is, is we'll never be judged by what we did, but by what we were asked to do. What did God ask us to do? I believe when we partner with the things that are on God's heart, there is blessing. And when we make His priorities, our priorities, amazing things happen. At the moment, we've been talking a lot about the third service that we're launching uh, come February. Now for us, oh, have we said about that? Yeah, we have. So making room. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it's, it's kind of full in my head, but anyway. Yeah, so we're looking at doing a third service. And why are we doing it? We're doing it to create room. We're making room. We're making room for those who aren't there yet. We're making room for those who we want to see come in. But I have to ask a question to you guys, and I've said this to our leadership meeting the other night. Are you willing to make room for more? Because we're looking at doing a 9.15 service, an 11.15 service, and 5.15 service, right? So that that changes things. And some people don't even like that kind of change. It's like, oh, what? I've been coming for at 10 o'clock for 10 years. Why would I come now at a different time? Even that can be a sacrifice. Even that can be a change. Are you willing to make those who don't yet know the Lord your priority? Are you willing to step up in serving? Because, you know, we're going to need more help. Actually, I don't even like saying it that way because you're not helping me. You're serving God. 
You are serving God. As you serve whatever it is you do, you do unto God. You're not doing it unto Gideon and I. We've got the same call, the same purpose that you have. We've just got different functions. So you get to serve. Are you willing also to, to sacrifice your preferences? You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes there, are, there are adjustments that we might make that aren't even necessarily our preference, but we see it as a big step up for what we can achieve. And at this point, I just want to invite Lydia up, and she's going to give a wee bit of a testimony here. Cool. Do you want me to come this way? Yeah, so um, just with all the three services and stuff, um, when it first got mentioned, I was like, oh, yeah, that's exciting. That's cool. Means we're growing as a church. We're going to get to do fun things. But then instantly, you know, my flesh kicks in and I'm like, ugh, but this means I'm not going to get to spend as much time with my friends on a Sunday or with my family. Um, Or if you're anything like me, you're like, Sunday's one of my days off work. Now I'm going to be giving it up at church. Then I'm going to be back at work on Monday. Really only going to get one day off. Um, All these sorts of thoughts. Um, And then I was at the leaders meeting and I just just switched, and I just felt like God say, it's actually not about you, Lydia. It's not even really about harmony, like what Catherine was saying. You're not serving harmony. You're not serving Catherine and Gideon. You're serving him. It's about Jesus. It's about creating this facility for um, more people to get saved, you know? And like, that's a real privilege, and it's a real honor to be part of that. And so you have to ask yourself, am I going to partner with my flesh and what my flesh says about this Sunday, or are you going to partner with my? Are you going to partner with your spirit and what your spirit is saying? Because in in your spirit, this third service is so exciting that more people are going to have the opportunity to come to church. You know, and I was just thinking in the worship this morning. Now we're going to have three times in the day on a Sunday where we get to praise Jesus. You know, and that's just going to be so much fun. So yeah, just think about how you can serve, how you can get on board with this. Um, change in this transition all to bring glory to God because we sing about it so let's act it ah that was excellent man if I'd given you a script you couldn't have done better (laughs) one of the sacrifices we're going to ask some of you to do is uh, uh, we would love you to consider for example coming to both services for the first couple of months just so we have an amount of critical mass that we can get the momentum going. Uh, And that would be really awesome. But as Lydia says, what an honour that we do get to do this. And God says that we are to build his kingdom and he says that he will build his church. So what does building the kingdom look like for each one of us? That's all our involvement with our families, with our workplaces, with fellow students, with whoever it is that we're interacting with. And we are being Jesus to them, right? Our church motto is passion for God, compassion for people. You could say love God, love people, right? Because everything that we do in in this has got to come from the heart of God. It can't come from a sense of obligation or try harder. 
We've got to catch the heart of God. We've got to catch the heart of God for the world. In Psalms 25, it says, there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. It's talking about proximity with God. And it's also talking about how God reveals his secrets to his friends. It's out of the heart of God that we see the heart, his heart for the world. And we receive all we need to be activated and to walk out the purposes that he has for us individually and collectively. And in John 3.16, let's go back to it. You know, we, we sometimes gloss over this and we go, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But let's just look at this again and not just think, what a cliche. This is the word of God. And let's look at it and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. That none should perish. We've heard a very, very sad story this week. Uh, On the news, you may have seen the story about a young man from Christchurch, 22, who fell out of a window 15 stories up on the Gold Coast and died. Liam was part of our young adults community. And he'd only recently moved to Australia. He was going to be going through the Alpha course But he decided he had an opportunity in Australia, so he left. Fortunately, from what we understand, he made a decision to follow Jesus. But what if he hadn't? What if he hadn't? And he had been part of our community. How long do people need to be part of our community before we get alongside them and tell them the good news? Not only tell them the good news, but be the good news. How long do people have to be in our midst before we find out what their story is? Nobody would have anticipated Liam's death. You you can't anticipate that kind of stuff. But for me, it was kind of sobering because I'm thinking, wait, what? Was he saved? He was part of our church family for a short, short time. But did he know the Lord? How many people are in our midst or come in on a Sunday or that you're standing next to or you're working with and you don't know whether they're saved or not? And that you get to share with them. And Luke, it says... So it was as a multitude pressed around him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing the nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he'd stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, 
Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Do you sometimes feel like that? You've been toiling all night and caught nothing? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they'd done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. Oh, Jesus, that harmony would sink because there's so many fish in the boat. Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to partner with that? Don't you want to partner with God and what he wants to do in bringing the great harvest in? Filling the nets with fish? Or is this all a bit passe? Is this like, oh, I've heard this before, Catherine. I feel that um, as we've spoken about being stronger together, we need to sort of move in a bit closer to one another. You know, as we've heard in Kylo, maintain and, and protect the connection. We don't actually know how long we've got the freedom that we currently enjoy in our country. And I'm not a prophet of doom, but how long do we have that the sun is shining to make hay? We don't know. Things could turn so quickly. What are we doing? Because we want to see people know God. We want to see people find freedom. We want to see people discover their purpose. And we want to see people making a difference. And our mandate is, is as it is said in Matthew 10 verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Jesus commands us to go. What's your mission field? What's going for you?